My name's Dave, I like video games This is my podcast called Dave Video Games If you like games, well I'm the same So here's this podcast, it's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games Day video games. Ooh, this sandstorm is horrible. Let's get out of this sandstorm. Phew. Bloody sandstorm. Phew. Hi, it's me, David Stanier, and welcome to Day Video Games. Fun chats about video games. Here you go, you're welcome. I hope you're feeling really, really well. And do lots of big stretches with your arms and legs that make you feel really, really good. So this episode of Day Video Games is trying on a new pair of school shoes. By which I mean, it's a little bit different. I'm going to review a video game. And here's the new jingle for it. I played a video game, had some thoughts, and I've collected a few. I put my opinions all together, yeah, I'm gonna do a review. Get ready for my judgement, get ready for my praise. Will it score one, two, three, four, or five Daves out of Dave? Review, 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 review. Get ready for my approval, get ready for my disdain. I hope that you enjoy my review, it's Day Video Games. I recently went to see the new and latest cut of Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now, final cut. Francis Coppella's Vietnam masterpiece. Francis has once again got out his reels and his scissors and his tape and his things out and went to town on Apocalypse Now. He released the Redux edition with 49 extra minutes in 2001, which Francis thought was too long. But then he also said that the 1979 version was too short. Well, he's baby bared the heck out of it. And this Goldilocks really enjoyed watching Apocalypse Now Final Cut. Apocalypse Now is an Apocalypse Great film, and everyone should give it a watch some Apocalypse Time. As I walked out of the cinema and digested the horror, the horror, I wanted more to maybe carry on this descent into military madness party. So just as I was walking out of the automatic double doors of the cinema, I said aloud to myself, Hey, I should go home and play Spec Ops The Line on Xbox 360. Everyone around me nodded and said that this was a great idea. Spec Ops The Line is heavily influenced by Apocalypse Now, and so that's why I said that. And I did go and play Spec Ops The Line, and so now the game I'm reviewing is Spec Ops The Line, developed by Jaeger Development, published by 2K Games, released in June 2012 on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC. Spec Ops The Line is a third-person military shooter, but it's not just your average war game. Killing all the bad guys for America, sure, but there's more to this one. Both this game and Apocalypse Now are based on The Heart of Darkness, the book by Joseph Conrad, which is about a journey into the Belgian Congo in search of a mysterious man named Kurtz. I've not read it myself, I have a copy, but let's just say that the cover of it is a bit too racist for the bus. Thanks Amazon Marketplace. The antagonist in Spec Ops is called Conrad, 
in a nod of the head to the source material. The Heart of Darkness, Apocalypse Now, and Spec Ops The Line all see how the capabilities of man when pushed to its moral limits can also make a man insane. But what is insanity? That sort of thing. Spec Ops The Line came out in 2012, and oh yes, there had been quite a few military shooters by then. We were up to Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Modern Warfare 3 had been the year before. Battlefield was in full swing. Operation Flashpoint was in the corner trying to look hard, drinking his pint, everyone whispering about his SAS past. While not a financial success, it subsequently became a very well-regarded game, which I'm sure the makers of it really appreciated. I'm sure all the well-regards were super useful three years later in their careers. When this one came out, if I'm honest, I didn't pay any attention to it. It just seemed like one of the crowd. Just shooting people in the desert again. George Bush, like always. Except it wasn't. It acknowledged the frivolity of death in video games and made you consider the morality behind it. A commentary on the state of games at that time, covertly challenging your expectations. The setting for this game was a humanitarian crisis in Dubai. Sandstorms have made this swanky pants city go to pot. They've got sandstorms coming out their ears. As Captain Walker, you go further and further into this twisted aftermath with a company of two, Adams and Lugo. What initially starts as a search for a CIA agent goes on and on, turning into a personal quest to confront the elusive Captain Conrad. They're confronted with the terrors of war. And let's just say Captain Walker becomes a little unprofessional. Other than basic story, the nods to Apocalypse Now are actually quite infrequent. There's a helicopter that plays Desiree by Giuseppe Verdi, similar to Apocalypse Now's use of Ride of the Valkyries. You know it. You know it. But it's definitely different enough to be its own thing while telling a familiar story. Captain Walker is voiced by the absolutely fantastic voice actor Nolan North. Dang, what a fantastic job he does. If you don't know Nolan North, he's best known for being Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series, as well as being in pretty much every major release, like The Last of Us, God of War, and he's the Penguin in the Arkham series. Having a little lie down, are you? Enjoy it. Piss off! And he was Desmond in the Assassin's Creed series when there was still bollocks and on about simulations. Piss off! I did think that a disaster-torn Dubai might seem like a pretty limited landscape. However, it never feels boring. In fact, there's some absolutely brilliant level design decisions. I like the contrast of rich luxury being in such disarray. Like at one point, I went through this lavish suite and I noticed a massive portrait of a dog. Some developer has taken time to include this massive portrait of a dog. And I appreciated it. One thing I would say though, is even though we were up in those massive Dubai skyscrapers, it never really gave me a sense of being high up. The peril of falling off was never that daunting. The edge felt like a cartoon platformer. I never felt a sense of vertigo. You act differently when you're high up, on a tall, tall building or near a cliff, and I never got a sense of that. So next time, guys, just add a bit more wind effects, or maybe show the consequences of falling off, or something, I don't know. I feel bad saying something bad, because otherwise it looks surprisingly stylish with refugee camps full of candles and the red haze of the sandstorms. The use of sand in general was really good. 
like shooting a big window with a load of sand against it, which is behind some enemies, pouring a lethal amount of sand on them. Ah, sand on you, mates. I sanded. And the way if a grenade exploded on some sand, it would make a cloud puff up, distorting the enemy's vision and looking pretty good. Yes. Good. Now, my main criticism. But let's just get it out of the way now, my main criticism. The actual controls are janky as fuck. They're quite similar to Gears of War or Uncharted, but on the whole, they're a lot worse. The cover system is missing a certain fluidity. In the later levels, if an enemy throws a grenade at where you are at, it's absolutely bogus. Your character tries to get away from the grenade that's about to explode and kill you at about the same pace as a rickety old grandma. Oh dear. BANG! What is considered cover is at times variable. There's some types of cover that you can pop out and shoot from. Bang, 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 bang. But then there's also some types of cover that you can't pop out and shoot from for apparently no reason. The game says, no, that's not the right type of cover for shooting from. So you can't. I was ducked down behind a crate and was like, okay, I'm going to aim and shoot those American soldiers that are trying to kill me. And the game was like, nope, you've got to be next to the edge of the crate. I tended to get a little bit annoyed. I completed this game in two sessions. It's a four and a half, maybe five hour campaign, so there's no fat on it. It's a lean, mean, it's lean. There's multiple endings and they're all satisfying in their own horrible ways. I've seen two out of four and I've read what the others are and yeah, brilliantly tragic. The big main thing that I enjoyed in this though is the presentation of morality. Spec Ops The Line The line in its title is The Line. You know that line, that famous one that you don't want to cross if you're trying to be a nice person. That naughty, naughty line. This game presents set pieces with ethical conundrums for you to decide the outcome of. Within the first half an hour, there's a hostage situation you're trying to defuse. And there's no black and white here. They're smothered in grey. As grey as a Tory suit. As grey as a battleship. As grey as a rainy cloud. One bit sees you ordering a strike of white phosphorus, a weapon which is banned by the Geneva Convention. And as you choose targets on your console, your face is reflected back on you on the screen, making you literally face yourself as you select death. As you go on, the violence starts to take its toll, and you start to hallucinate bad things, questioning what's real. But what I found great about this is the hallucinations don't repeat themselves. Say, after reloading a checkpoint, what you thought you saw the first time is just normal the second time, adding to the mindfuck. And there are other subtle ways, like certain melee moves become more enthusiastic and brutal, and the way that Walker shouts his orders becomes less professional and more shouty as he gets really worked up. You can tell that your pals Lugo and Adams are going along with it, but they're a bit frightened, actually. One way that Walker's slide into mental descent is shown is because he notably gets a muckier face. Oh my god, his face is a lot muckier. What a dirty face. He really needs a good scrub of his dirty face. It really isn't your normal military shooter, and I love that it took that risk. There were plenty of games around at the time that had cracking stories, but just how this one was able to infiltrate a certain trend for these army games of military shooters and stand out against those that are playing it so toxically straight. How it portrayed mental side effects, 
how it puts you in the decision making. The attention to detail that just made you able to detect the intelligence and effort behind it. It did make me ask, why did I like military games so much? Why do I like action films with shooting in them? Why do I find war films enjoyable? I guess part of me is still just a little boy that wants to play army. Possibly after echoes of the past, probably starting in propaganda. We as men were sold the idea of war as an adventure. Exciting looking. Honourable. This, probably mixed with a morbid fascination for our own ability to kill, and a natural evolutionary genetical sense of wanting to protect and take. And plus it's fun to outsmart and overpower an enemy. All that kind of thing. I give this game four daves out of five. Spec ups the line. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Hey, follow us on Twitter. Like it on Facebook. Tell absolutely everyone. Come on, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this one. Take it easy. Bye.